Welcome, stranger. You've just broken the access code to this game. A game in which your destiny depends upon your own decisions. Campeón Mundial, the King of the Streets, the Mexican Mafia, Checo Perez. A warm welcome to the Podium Talk F1 podcast, where we are now very much on the Sergio Perez hype train. <laughs> I'm joined by Mr. Tom. Tom, how are you doing, my man? I'm fantastic, man. Um, don't know what is the hype about, Kyle. Um, but yeah, what a boring race. But you seem more excited about it, so I guess you used to boredom. <laughs> no, listen, man. Um, I'm, 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 we all know I'm a very much a Red Bull hater, right? But let's give credit to Sergio Perez. Before we start anything, I know you're going to disagree with me. But let's give credit to Checo Perez, the king of the streets. No, the king no, no. of the streets. <laughs> no man look um at the end of the day you like you said i mean i won't disagree with you on this one i mean i think you're absolutely spot on um he's been uh very consistent throughout the weekend persistent very mature drive and yes after all he's driving against max which is his teammate in the same car and we all know what he, max is capable of and um he held his own and he drove brilliantly, and this, it was an amazing race from his side. Uh, exceptional, very matured, very composed, very relaxed, and I'm just impressed by the psychological strength that he had throughout the race to actually maintain the same pace as Max. It's been absolutely brilliant from him. So, yeah, congratulations to him. It's been absolutely brilliant. Wow, you don't sound depressed at all, to be honest with you. But uh, before before we even get into um, the race and we get into Sergio Perez, I think um, for everyone listening, probably wondering where our, our lovely third quarter or half or whoever Karishma is. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us today, um, but we will have her back for the next one. So just to get that out there. But before we continue, Tom, before we continue on the race and on, on Sergio Perez, I think let's start off with qualifying, right? Yeah. yeah. With, with qualifying, I think it was, a, it was a bittersweet moment for me watching qualifying because yeah. on one hand, I knew that Leclerc, no matter where he finished, whether he was on pole, it didn't really matter because he had the penalty coming, which we all knew. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. But it was sweet in the fact that his pace in the Ferrari during qualifying was mm-hmm. absolutely insane. For a Ferrari that looks nothing like it did last season, I think he did a phenomenal job um, getting ahead of, of the Mercedes, getting ahead of Alonso, putting himself second on the grid. So I think we also have to give a big shout out to Leclerc 
Um, no, I'm not just a big fanboy. I'm, I'm being very sincere here. And what made qualifying even sweeter was seeing the Dutch fake champion starting P15. I know I'm <laughs> going to get a lot of hate for this, but it was the sweetest moment of the season so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it ended from, I mean, let's just go back because I nearly climbed on the um, the Max one. And of course, I enjoyed him starting 15. I think most people, will, obviously, with the Red Bull car, they would enjoy having this Red Bull car starting a little bit <laughs> a little bit back and try to climb uh, back up on the on the ladder in terms of the race and get into the podiums because that is basically as entertaining as it's gonna get for this season because of their pace but as long as they stop mm -hmm. up front really we're just looking forward to boring races uh, but anyway let's touch on uh, the most important part that you mentioned oh, i'm uh, sorry i'm sorry wait just just before you continue did you just say we're in for a boring season is that what you just said yeah, absolutely i think it's clear yeah that Fair is enough. just reality yeah no no look uh, at the end of the day when Max starts 15, I think that's, that is as exciting as it gets for everybody else. But it's not going to happen too often in a season. They're not going to have reliability issues uh, all, all, all season. So in most cases, we're definitely going to get 80% of the races as boring as we can get them. Red Bull 1-2-1-2, halfway through the season, it's over. The championship is secured. This is what we're looking at. That is unfortunate. The only thing that we might have a battle with is basically uh, Perez, if he maintains performance against Max, which is unlikely. The only reason he won, um, everybody might agree or not agree, not to disrespect his skill is because Max started 15. But if Max didn't start there, he didn't get a chance. He not, doesn't have any chance. But he needs to prove himself and show that he's actually more than that. He doesn't need his teammate to start way below him or 14 places below him for him to beat him. So the season will tell if we're going to get excite, uh, excitement from both the, the Red Bull drivers or not. But anyway, touching back, going back to the to the topic uh, of um, Charles Leclerc and the qualifier, absolutely spot on, absolutely a brilliant qualifying session. The first session, Q1, you'll see is just a, a third, just over one third below Paris, basically or Perez and a couple of guys there, but in, uh, I think, Fernando. But it was just about one-third, 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 Q2, one-third, just over one-third on a Q3 against Perez also. So, but this goes to show that Ferrari car does have a potential. Whatever that they, their boss actually um, pushed for the investigation on the, on the car might have helped to actually get the car right in, in some aspects. But at the end of the day, also uh, race pace didn't show anything for it, you know. But Ferrari being Ferrari, Carlos ended up actually even finishing ahead of Charles, no matter how much the pace Charles has on the car. That is, we can, I mean, that is just um, throwing in hope for the Ferrari fans out there to be hopeful. But I think they still have a long way to go. Potential is there, but they still have a long way to go. Yeah, look, I, I think um, the, the the moment that it clicked for me, and, and you're right when you say that the race pace wasn't there. Um, I, but I think that's that's normal with Ferrari. I mean, even if you look at last season, 
the, the, the quality was crazy. And then when it came to actual race pace, Red Bull had the beating of them by far. But I, I'm going back to what I was saying, I think, I'm not sure if you've heard the team radio of Leclerc with his race engineer, Chavi, um, where it was the safety car period, I think it was. And Charles had the, the opportunity to jump Lewis while Lewis was in the pits. And they told him, well, Ferrari told him to push after Lewis had already gotten after the out of the pits, right? And that's yes. where, over the team radio, I heard for the first time Leclerc actually giving it back to Ferrari and not just taking it. So I think we're getting to a point where Leclerc is no longer just accepting what's happening. And I think he's also starting to get a bit frustrated with what's happening at Ferrari. But I do think this is also going to bring out the best in him because that's what's been missing from his game. Um, we all know that he's a phenomenal driver. But at the same time, he never had that mental... Well, not the mental, but he never had the dog in him, man, to actually go against you know, the I team. Know, I know I what you're talking about. I'm starting to see a bit of that from him now. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, we spoke about this also uh, on the first uh, podcast. And I, we mentioned, if you can remember... The fact that he needs to get involved a little bit in uh, a little bit ruffle a little bit of feathers in within the team to give him the performance that he he needs. And when I say performance, I'm referring to for them not just to basically sleep on duty. They are sleeping on duty, and it is it has cost him basically the championship. We we actually have a right to say that last season. It has cost him the championship relatively the, uh, how many mistakes they've made with him during the race and on the car they really cost him a lot they cost him he could have won the championship probably last season with that car and they just really messed it up for him so i think he he's he's now holding them accountable he's holding everybody else accountable everybody they they there to do a job and they should be doing that job exceptionally very well they're working for the biggest um brand of formula one in terms of uh, the constructors ferrari there's no formula one without ferrari like you said last podcast and the, the demands should be higher and people that cannot cope with that level of demands they shouldn't be there and he has every every right to question and to start having a little bit of a bite you know so i agree with you on that one not not even just humiliating for Leclerc, it's humiliating for Ferrari as a brand, for Ferrari as as a racing yes, team. Yes, I understand what I, what you're saying, but what what is Leclerc supposed to do walking around the pod paddock, and he's driving for Ferrari, but in in an era where he's just surrounded by idiots. It is really unfortunate. I mean, such a spectacular, absolutely talented driver. Walking around the paddock, I'm sorry, it is embarrassing and humiliating also for him. In an era where he's, he gets, he's, he sees an opportunity uh, to win the championship, to be in one of the top teams in Formula 1, and they're absolutely delivering. Oh, I, I'm trying to actually have a better selection of words here. I'm really mincing my words here mincing it with my tongue i think they need an overhaul they need to also stop this patriotism of having a bulk of italian 
useless mm. people there. I think they need to get the best of the best around the world. It doesn't matter whether they're Italian or not. I don't care if the person speaks show now from Zimbabwe or Swahili <laughs> from Kenya. Just get the best to do their job. It honestly shouldn't matter. You are Ferrari. You should be getting the best of the best. But now you're stuck with some Italian clowns. Absolutely. Doing absolutely nothing except waiting for pizza. They're all <laughs> waiting for lunchtime and eating some mozzarella. I'm sorry. This is, this is ridiculous. This is, this is honestly, even in F, F2, F3, these mistakes are not being made, bro. Nobody in F2 makes that mistake. How do we even come to actually... We, we, there's no ways to describe what, what, what's happening with Ferrari anymore. We got the strategies. They, they asked the driver, we're thinking, we're thinking, option one, we're thinking... Stop saying that. We will, we'll come back you to... You have the data. You have the data. We're thinking we go option one. We're thinking option two. What do you think? Question. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, oh, honestly, oh, 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 in Formula One radio. What you ask? The, what are you think? What do you think? What do you think he thinks? Does he have all the data? This is what we have in place. We're going for option one. The driver would tell you. I'm feeling comfortable on this. Um, Tires, I can go more. These tires are gone. I need to come in. We need to change. We need to have a different strategy. The driver will react, will tell you. But you use the data that you have you, to decide. This is why you have a team of strategists there to analyze the data, provide a solution, make a final decision, give it to the driver. This is what's going to happen. The driver, if they disagree... I then the driver can this disagree is, and say, I don't believe in the data and the analysis that you have in front of you because this car feels a little bit more better than what you guys are saying. Do you get what I'm and saying? This is what, so, this is what the, the, the top teams are doing. Red Bull, okay, not Mercedes this season or last season, but in general, this is what Mercedes do as well. I mean, if you look at, at, at Bono, Bono comes on the radio and tells Lewis, hey man, we're thinking of plan A, we're thinking of plan B, whatever the case is. And then Lewis will say, no, the tires still feel good or the tires are gone, as, as is his famous line. And then the team works around that. It's not, what do you think? What plan should we go on? I'm not, a, I'm not a strategist. I don't know. You have the numbers in front of you. You should be telling me and then I'll tell you what I think thereafter. You shouldn't be asking me to drive the car and come up with the strategy at the same time. I mean, Leclerc is a great driver, but he's, he's not that great. I'm sorry to say this, Kyle, ne? It's not just the guys there, um, specific guy who does this specific part of the job. Everybody, there's people who are listening to radios across um, the, 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 the paddock and the grid to know where, where is everybody, what is everybody saying. How did everybody at Ferrari, not even one person could say, guys, wait a minute, Hamilton is pitting. Leclerc needs to do something about it. He needs to make sure that he comes out ahead of him. He needs to make sure that he puts in a strong lap or strong mm -hmm. laps to make sure that he avoids coming behind him. And after a couple of laps is when they actually want to talk about it. 
And why were they telling Leclerc then? Because it was already done and over. So, also, you can see that, I'm sorry, you like the new guy, Fred, but this is where I also question his leadership. Why is a message sent to Leclerc that could frustrate him off uh, the race? Let me give you an example to understand where I'm coming from. Hamilton finished fifth. Leclerc finished seventh. Sainz finished sixth. Russell finished fourth. Okay? So, tell me, how does it help Leclerc during the race? That information they gave him. That way, hey, bruh, guess what? We just screwed you. Psychologically, how does a driver have to finish the race? But before before I go there, I just, I just want to go back to what you said. This has nothing to do with Fred Vasseur. Absolutely nothing. It's the no, second the race have been there. of his tenure. The problems have been there. And, and if you listen to what he said in his interview, he said that for the first few months of me being the team principal, I am not doing anything. I'm not changing anything. I want to see how Ferrari operates. When I can see how they operate from inside, then I know what to change and I know what to fix. And I respect that as a leader because an, an average leader would come in and st just start making changes. Yeah, this needs to change, that needs to change without actually knowing what the core issue is because it's easy for us from the outside to look at it and go, well, the strategist is, is the issue. Whereas it could actually be it was coming from the team principal before who was Mattia Binotto. We don't know because we're not inside, right? So I respect him for taking the decision to say, before I make any blind changes and just do whatever I want, let me first understand how this business operates. Let me see where the weaknesses are. And once I figure out where the weaknesses are, then I know what to fix. I know who to get rid of and I know what to change. So if in the next six months, which is we can say half the season or just more than half the season, if nothing improves, then I can say, all right, now this is actually Fred Vasseur as well. So this is now a bigger problem than just a team principle. But I'm not going to make a judgment off the two races. I don't think that's, that's, that's a fair assessment to make on his leadership skills. I think that's fair enough. I think um, you are up to spot on the problems have already been there. Uh, I think uh, on my side, he's just getting yeah, a pinch of the sword that I'm swinging at, at Ferrari right now. Because of everything, um, yeah, but yeah, he also deserve a, a little bit of slice. He's there now, so mm. fortunately, I'm still gonna hold him accountable because he's there. He's now the, the uh, leading the pack. He's the one that is ahead and is pulling them all together. So even when he says uh, that um, he's giving himself time before he makes changes, which I totally understand strategically. Um, However, these are child. This is this this is just ridiculous. These are just childish. I'm sorry, bro. Nobody. I don't know, bro. I I watch F two, bro. They slept for laps. They realize Hamilton after. Who are you challenging? Isn't isn't watching Hamilton, Russell, Alonso, Stroll, the people around you? Isn't that the priority? What they are doing. 
who are you fighting for position with? You're fighting with Stroll. You're not even anywhere close to Alonso. You know? You're fighting Stroll. You're fighting Hamilton. You're fighting Russell. How can they make such childish mistakes? But anyway, I think we've dwelled enough. I'm going to end up using uh, some inappropriate language um, in this topic because honestly what Ferrari are doing there it is a bag full of some stuff I can't say on. <laughs> but I think you, you, you let us in nicely to, to end my pain and stop talking about Ferrari. Um, I think... <laughs> Were you getting hurt? <laughs> no, I've been hurt since uh, since Australia last season. Since the end of Australia last season, I've been hurt. So I'm used to the pain by now. But um, moving on to Aston Martin, right? Because I'm yes. not sure if you've heard, but there's been rumors in the Formula One world that have been going around since the end of Saudi that Lewis Hamilton might leave Mercedes at the end of the year. So his, we all know his contract is up, right? At the end of the year. And we don't see any sign of Mercedes getting back to what they were at least for the next two to three years, right? And now you agree with I me. I believe that, Lewis. When I said last time, uh, you guys looked at me like I was ridiculating you when I said that uh, Toto Wolf to come out now to say they've made a mistake while they've wasted so a time away after the first season, after the new regulations. And for him, after one race, and he to come back and say uh, they've made a mistake. It is unacceptable, and he has put Mercedes three seasons behind on development. Look, I won't say that I agree with you, because I still think that Mercedes will be back. I think they'll actually be back before the end of this season, to be honest with you. Ooh, but I'm I'm just talking about I'm just talking about the rumors that have been going around that Lewis might want to leave this season. They're not gonna be back next season, Kyle. Look, we can we can go we can go back and this. forth about wake this. up wake up Kyle no listen listen Stop listen we can go back and forth about Mercedes till the end of time right but we all know that Mercedes is going to come now. back they are coming back this season not now but my question to you my question to you getting back on topic because I can see that we're going to start swearing each other using some foul language as we do offline I already did so. So my question to you is, do you think the rumors, or do you believe the rumors? Because the rumors are he would either go to Ferrari, which I don't see happening based on how that team is run, or more likely said, he will go to... You always said that you, never, you don't see Hamilton in a Ferrari. But anyway, continue. I would love to see Hamilton in a Ferrari, though. I would. To have an eight-time, not a seven-time, an eight-time world champion because 2021 we know he's an eight-time world champion. To have an eight-time world champion in the most dominant team in Formula One, I'd love to see that, but it's not going to happen. So, do you think that there's a possibility Lewis Hamilton goes to Aston Martin for one season to try and win another championship? So you're agreeing with me, but you're not agreeing with me. I'm gonna combine this into one. I'm going to give you one answer that will cover both topics. You said you don't believe that Mercedes-Benz, or you said you believe that Mercedes-Benz will come back this season, uh, will 
still uh, on from whatever I don't know uh, from uh, I don't know Sanford Cross magically give they give them results and uh, and yeah so you 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 think that maybe uh, Mercedes Benz will miraculously uh, have a magic wand there uh, under Toto Wolff's as as desk at the office wherever he worked. Uh, and he's got uh, some uh, some Santa Claus uh, throwing sweets and making magic. I don't know what you're thinking, Kyle. I think <laughs> you are in a dreamland. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. Anyway, let's cover the the basis here of the of the topic. So you're saying that there is a rumor. You're asking me if I believe it, all right? And yet you're saying that you believe that the Mercedes Benz will come back this season. So there will be no reason for Hamilton to actually leave, if that's what your 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 opinion is about uh, Mercedes Benz. However, to answer your question, no, I don't think that Hamilton will leave Mercedes Benz. I think they've achieved so much that, um, yes, his greed to get the eight championship might want him to look elsewhere, but I think he, I would I think. Um, he might want to actually give the team that uh, they, that gave him all this championship an opportunity to work harder and make sure that they get things right. However, the, it was just going to be a little bit unhealthy with Russell going forward. And I've mentioned this before, that there, there was all, there's always going to be friction and there will be a time where the old will need to be replaced by the new. And that is just reality. So I think the only reason will be on that basis, not that he gives up on Mercedes-Benz, but to realize that maybe it's time for him to uh, fulfill something that is uh, more important to him than anybody else. Mm -hmm. So the only reason he might leave Mercedes-Benz, which I don't think he will, but it will be because maybe he will just feel like they have achieved there's a there's Russell. There's enough talent coming through for Mercedes Benz. It's time for him to step away. Ferrari has uh, has always specialized in older drivers. Anyway, it is their tradition. They've won championship not with rookies. It was the first time actually in a long time that Ferrari took a different direction with the drivers um uh, watch uh, lineup where they just trusted in youth. Uh, over the years, Ferrari they relied on experience. Uh, former world champions coming there mm -hmm. to continue to win. If you can't win, they move you on. They bring on the last champion from last season to their team. That's the, that is the nature of Ferrari over the years, you know. However, truth be told, there's no one. Even when Alonso was driving at Renault, you know, he was winning championship. Even when Vettel was driving at uh, Red Bull and he was winning championship, guess what? Guess what? There's only one biggest ambition of every young Formula One fan is to don the red drive coat. It is, it is, the, it is certainly the truth. Mm. Everybody wants to dive into a Ferrari, they want to be part of it, the part of that history, it will be foolish to think that um, Hamilton will not be tempted if an opportunity arises and he's out of contract and Ferrari are putting in a bed, a little bit more 
better car or a faster car than a Mercedes-Benz that can challenge Red Bull. But that will also depend on um, what Ferrari can do going forward under Fred in terms of reliability and not reliability on the car only, reliability also on the staff and the team and everybody else around there. Because remember, reliability also, it is part of the team. I mean, you, it's not just about the car. You need to rely on the guys to do a proper pit stop. You need to uh, be having a team in the background who are of strategists who don't miss any little detail, who gets everything spot on. You need to rely on those people. That is still reliability to me. You need to have a reliable squad behind a very reliable car and a reliable drive. In terms of performance, as long as um, Austin Martin is ahead of Mercedes-Benz, I think it will be easy for everybody to throw them in to say that maybe Hamilton might just want to move. Them. But I, I don't think he's naive enough mm. to just jump after just one season. Uh, Austin Martin, they're looking good and he thinks, oh, maybe let me just go to Austin Martin. I don't think he's naive like that. I think it will take a proper, proper um, big strides throughout the season for, for most Austin Martin to actually even law um, uh, Lewis Hamilton to them. It's a difficult ask for the for me, and I don't know. I don't know if Hamilton. I mean, if even if they are saying that who's going Stroll, are they saying Stroll is going? Is that what they are saying? Yeah. So so basically, what the rumors are saying is that so Lawrence Stroll, the 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 owner of Aston Martin, is going to basically talk to Lance and tell him, hey, listen, um, you 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 need to take a break for a year, go to another form of motorsport. And just to give Hamilton a year in the Aston Martin and then give Lance his, his seat back at the end of the year. So that's what's coming out of out of the paddock at the moment. I think this is just now, everybody's having a good time uh, with their rumors now. That's not happening. Basically, uh, this Aston Martin team, it's a gift. It's a birthday present from the father to the son. That's what I see it. Uh, it's not going to happen. Stroll is not going anywhere. And let's say, for, for instance, let's just give them uh, a little bit of credit and say, let's say maybe it's possible. Let's say they ha- it does happen. Let's just entertain the topic for the sake of just entertaining it because it's there and now we have to talk about it, it's, which is stupid. But anyway, um, I, I don't know. I mean, do you really want to bring in... <laughs> Alonso and Hamilton in the same team. Now nah, you tell me, Carl. I I wouldn't do that. It's just too much ego and character. Yeah, but it brings back it brings back the one of the most iconic duos of all time, Alonso and, I agree and Hamilton with you. in McLaren. I agree with you. I'm just asking you. Do you think that the Austin Martin team have what it takes to manage Lewis Hamilton? And Fernando Alonso, come on! Honestly, no, look, I'm not honestly. saying that I'm not saying that that is going to happen. I'm not, no, no, I, 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 I hear you. I'm saying, do you think? The, honestly, no, if, you, if you're asking me, if you're asking me the question, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. You know if, why? If it does, if it does happen, then it's a very short-sighted idea. Yeah, it's, it's from not just short-sighted; it's dangerous. <laughs> the reason Hamilton and Alonso. One of the best duos, um, I mean, to, to, to ever actually come into Formula One, it's, it's been beautiful to watch them. 
race together. Uh, but you must remember at what point in their racing careers they were mm. compared yeah. to now. Now, let's be honest, there, there they were establishing their names. But now they are well established. The ego is not on 1%. The egos are on 110%. In hundred no, I, I would argue. I would argue that it was more dangerous when they were establishing themselves. Because yeah. as young, up-and-coming drivers, yeah. you tend I'm to not be saying, a bit I'm more not talking aggressive. about the danger in that aspect. I'm saying that when the team then brought them together, they were establishing mm. themselves. They didn't know what they were going to get. But the thing is mm. that when you are a team a principal or you're in the hierarchy and you have to make a decision now, now they are established. Now you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to have a problem. We know that it's going to be a problem. You know what you're already bringing to yourself. So, unlike then, they were still younger. So, it is easier. You don't know what, what these guys are going to do. Sometimes you sign drivers, you don't know that you're just going to have now two ridiculously talented drivers at the same time. I mean, how many times do you see that? How many times do you see uh, um, uh, Hamilton and uh, Rosberg? Well, that's that's different. I I don't think you can compare Hamilton Rosberg to. Yeah, but Alonso I'm saying that Hamilton. how many times do you see that level of talent in the same team? How often do we see that? Not very. Where they are neck and neck, basically. Do you understand? It's, we it's, know it's it's not you give it's Hamilton. Not, it doesn't happen often because it's not because teams don't want it. I think it doesn't happen because it's very rare that we get two talents that are more or less on the same level driving yes. at the same time. Neck and neck, you know? So that's what I'm saying now. Now you already know if you put Hamilton and Alonso in the same car, it's neck and neck until the end of the season. Basically, they'll break their necks, both of them. It's really just one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. It's, that, that's what they're going to just give you. They will just keep going. You understand? They don't stop. These guys are winners. You know what you're going to buy with them. So this rumor, honestly, it's not going to materialize. And if you go, if he goes to Ferrari, that means science is going. And I'm sorry, Hamilton will absolutely just bully Leclerc. And I know you like Leclerc, but he will absolutely just bully him. If they put him in the can, same can car, I just put out there? Can I just put out there that I would love, absolutely love, to see Hamilton and Leclerc switch seats, put Leclerc mm. in a Mercedes and put Hamilton in a Ferrari. I think that would be a brilliant move, because I think Leclerc would win world championships at Mercedes, and I think Hamilton would help Ferrari actually whip that team into shape. So I think it would be a good switch. Yeah, I can see today um, you are on a very good uh, dreaming mode. Uh, okay? uh, but yeah, continue to dream. That's not happening. He's staying at Mercedes. He's going to sign <laughs> a new right. contract. Uh, by the end yeah, of the no, season, I, we, this will, this, this rumors will be gone. That's if that's happening. if Hamilton even stays in F1. That's That's just your ego speaking. Yeah, he's staying. You know he's staying. He said it. He said it before. He said he's staying. So he's staying. It's a matter of uh, now everybody's got an opportunity to write something. 
and Hamilton is nobody sells more papers at um in the in Formula One than Hamilton, so they will jump on every rumor to make sure that they stay relevant. So, nevertheless, we move. Let's go to the next. Topic. And I think we we need to move on to your favorite topic, your favorite, the the absolute cherry on top for you when it comes to Formula One. Let's move on and let's talk about Red Bull, right? Because I know you love this topic. Cherry on top. I know it gets you. It gets you emotional. <laughs> Gets you, it gets you going. You yeah, know. Well, so, well, 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 well. Yeah, let's talk Red about before we even get into into what I want to what I want to bring up with you, right? Firstly, you have to admit that the Red Bull car this season is out of this world. I think even Hamilton called it the fastest car he's ever seen. I don't buy that, but I think it's one of, if not the fastest car, I've ever seen as well. So. I I know you're going to say something about Adrian Newey and what he's doing to cheat with this car. You're going to tell me about what they're doing with the engine. But let's just admit, firstly, that Red Bull have done a phenomenal job building this beast. And it's showing not just with Max this season, but it's showing with Checo as well. So let's get into Red Bull. What are your thoughts? Uh Uh-oh, stinky. For every man, you get to a point where you need to, um, yeah, take a, how do they say, bite the bullet, you know, and accept and take the truth as it is. I mean, they are not my favorite team. I I say that with no, um, uh, no feeling of guilt or anything. It's absolutely dis. Uh, I, I dis despise them. So, but anyway, a brilliant car. And um, a true, one of the two manifestation of uh, true pure consistency from last season, build it up. And when we're talking about upgrades, this is what we're talking about: going from another season to another season and improve the car. I'm sorry, this car is absolutely incredibly, beautifully fast. It is looks like the most smoothest car to drive. On a track. Corners. Straights, left, right. So, for me, this is just one of the best uh, piece of um, innovation and improvement and consistency that uh, uh, only two, two. I mean, only top tips can actually be proud of. I mean, this is just being relentlessly. Not laying on the rolls, just making sure that they're doing a better job every day. You can see everybody at Red Bull are working hard. And that is just the truth. That car is magnificent. And they have two brilliant drivers. And they're getting the best out of the car. Um, you have a guy that we everybody thinks is the second driver. But he's actually putting the same race pace as the other guy we thought is just going to be absolutely... Dominant. I think we have to admit they are by far. This is why I don't even have hope for Mercedes Benz when you said they might improve in this season. I mean, Red Bull seem not to be making a lot of mistakes. We've seen the reliability issues also last season. 
We're seeing reliability issues also this season, the beginning of the season, like last season. But guess what? They get the job done. They fix the problem. Always. And they get results. The car gets over the line when it comes to race time. So, yeah, as much as it has for me to accept it, I, I must say, they, they, they're the best team. They are, they've got the best car and the best drivers. So, also credit to the drivers. I mean, you still have to drive the car. You know, you still have to put it on track. You still have to get the best out of that car. So, you don't just get the best car and just get results only. So you also need to have good drivers. And Checo is also being absolutely exceptional. But, uh, but how do you season, feel How do you feel about the the team radios between Checo and Max? Or not between them, but between the engineers, where Red Bull asked Checo to slow down. Well, not slow down, but drive at a slower to a slower delta. Then they asked Max, and Checo picked it up. And even after the race in the cooldown room, Checo asked Max, hey, did they not ask you to slow down? So it seems like tensions are high in Red Bull. And I think it all comes down to what happened in Brazil last year. So yeah. I think that now Checo is starting to understand that he can win a world championship in this car. or can win a world championship in this car, excuse me. But he's now starting to see clearly that Christian Horner and Red Bull are more for Max Verstappen. And it's starting to cause a bit of friction. And I remember saying after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix that it's giving Hamilton Rosberg vibes. I remember I told you and Karishma this. So yes, you... what do you think about the team radio? What do you think is going to happen? If you remember the beginning of the season, uh, on our first podcast, you, actually, you guys actually laughed at me. <laughs> You remember when we made predictions? I remember. I remember. You do remember. remember. Now I just want you to, to remember. Do you remember what, do you remember the first podcast? And we said we'd come back to this at some point in the season. Yes. I just didn't think it yes. would be this soon. I, I, I did, did I not even tell you that it's gonna happen sooner than actually we everybody thinks? Because one, after what happened last season, I'm sorry, Kyle. Well, there's a word I really want to use right now. It's so hard for me to use because I can't use it here. However, I said to you, Perez is not a child. It's the, it's the, it's the, little, it's the best way to get to the most civilized way to say this word. Let's start with the P, you know? But he's not A, you know? Uh, so after what happened last season, when Max wrapped up the championship, and he simply, simply just became a P, you know? And he showed the greed that he's not a team player. Harris decided there and right there in the car. He even said it. I don't know why people are forgetting this. He said it. This shows who he, he is truly he is. is. Yeah. Did I, did, did I, am I the only person that heard that? Now I remember. I'm not. I remember. You remember. That for me was significant. Hence, I emphasize you to say that Max Verstappen, he made the most short-sighted decision in his career in one lap. In one lap. Mm. Mm. That could define how many championships he can win. 
Yeah, so, look, I, I hear you, but remember one thing, right? Verstappen is a winner. And and I'm in no way defending what he what he's doing. I just I, I we, agree with you and winners you and I are had strategic this chat last season. That's what I was about to go to. Nobody. I'll give you an example. Hamilton, yeah. Schumacher. Bruh, Schumacher will wrap up the championship and just give Massa wins there and there. Just to keep him in the loop. Just to Who keep him in the loop. And motivated, you know, he th- mm. there was a time he even stopped on the line to let Massa win to pass. That's how you manage your your your, your second driver. Mm. You don't wait for your bosses to manage him for you. You manage him too. You make him happy. That's what Hamilton did with this with with, with Bottas. Bottas Brushed with him. Bottas, yeah. Tackled his. I wanna say balls. Can I say balls? <laughs> you can say. Tackled his it. balls. And Bottas was like, hey, 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 hey. Then he just drove. <laughs> drove for him. But this is what I'm saying. Don't just be an arrogant P. No. Manage your second driver. Be nice to him when it's required. The championship is done. Be strategic. Amplify your opportunity to become an all-time record Formula One World Championship Holder, amplify that opportunity. Take an opportunity to amplify it. Then what does he do? Because he's a bread, he takes a piece <laughs> on the second drive on Paris. But anyway, it works better for me because I anyway I just think it, he's that's who he is, and he doesn't deserve everything that Paris did for him, even especially and and last season Paris was playing the 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 Bottas, not even just last yes. season. The last two yeah. seasons, Perez was playing the Bottas role brilliantly, defending against yeah. Hamilton, defending against Leclerc. Perez was yeah. just the, as as Toto Wolf said about Bottas, was the perfect wingman, and now it seems like they've become more rivals than teammates, and I'm loving it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm also up for it. Uh, we need a little bit of excitement this season because clearly we were not gonna get anything, but I think we might just get it there with Perez. So, to show you how an egomaniac Verstappen is, he fought just to get one point so that he doesn't become uh, on equal points with Perez. He fight, he fought for the fastest yeah. lap. <laughs> I even I'm remember the team radio. The, the, the team radio where cake. Max was like, uh, Max was like, what is the fastest lap? And then his, his, his engineer comes on the line. We're not worried about that. And he goes, I am. <laughs> yep. Yep. That guy is an arrogant prick. But anyway, uh, look, I think you are right. Uh, Paris sees an opportunity for him. An opportunity that he actually never thought it might come. You know, I think, when, when, who was he leaving? Was he leaving? Racing Point. Well, Aston Martin eh? Racing Point. Yes. He actually didn't even, nearly didn't even get a seat. Mm. And now he's driving the fastest car, probably one of the fastest cars. I don't want to say the fastest car um, because I don't have the statistics, but one of the fastest cars in the history of Formula One. The Formula One, the the, the Red Bull car is just being absolutely dominant. And it is an opportunity that he needs to seize. 
if he feel like, like he can match Max, I think he should go for it. I don't think it's fair. And I think he has, he has a genuine chance of winning the championship. Yes. Also. I don't think it's fair for him not to give himself that opportunity. I think he's right to risk it all. If they let him go, they let him go. If he's not going to oblige and they're going to say, yeah, you're not obliging, now we're going to have to let, let you go because you don't want to follow team orders, wara, wara, whatever that might be. I think if I'm also in his position, I will seize the moment. I will seize the moment and take the whole risk to win the championship. Just one. But Just I, but I also think that Red Bull and Christian Horner, they, they, they're stuck between a rock and a hot place because what happens if Perez is leading the championship? Because there's only one point between them, right? So come Australia next week, Perez could be ahead of Verstappen. So how does team orders play if Perez is the lead driver in the championship? Because it's going to look really bad. It's going to look it's going to look really, really, really bad if Perez is ahead of Max in the championship, yet they ask Perez to get out of the way for Max. I'm so interested to see how that dynamic plays out because I don't think Christian Horner's ever been in this situation where his number one driver was behind in the championship and he now has to give team orders to let him through. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but it's going to be not, interesting because I think Perez is going to is going to lead the championship after Australia. But we'll get into predictions, but that's what I think. So I want to see how this team order plays out. Yeah, look, I think that is not one of the one of uh, Christian Horner's forte. I think that is one of his leadership flaws. Of all the things that I admire, I mean, over the years he's always been successful. Um, winning or not winning, this team is all. These teams are, have always been competitive, you know, over the years during this uh, hybrid era, you know. So I think that is one of the flaw. He cannot manage two exceptional drivers who are demanding of him. He has got no ability to do that. This is where I give Toto Wolff um, the pros. He's got. He, I don't think Hamilton would do what Verstappen is doing at Red Bull. Even though he's a seven-time world champion. He will question them, but I feel like this, the level of disrespect that uh, Max Verstappen is communicating towards his own team, I will never. I don't even think that Hamilton will ever do that as much as he, and he's a, even a seven-time world champion. He will never do that. Because of the respect that he has for Toto, because the respect that Toto has of everyone, I feel like uh, Christian doesn't have that. I don't think Max is scared of Christian Horner. This is why, unfortunately, Christian Horner will continue to lick his butt for mm. so, uh, as time as Max wishes to stay at Red Bull. That's one of his uh, leadership flaws. He's just going to. He chooses sides. That's the thing with Christian Horner. He chooses sides and he makes it obvious. 
Mm. He's a uh, I would say basically he's the man and Max is uh, is a dog, you know. So it's a man and his dog. You can't separate the two. It's like lovey davis. Mm. You know, mm. so if he chooses a side, unfortunately we saw who also suffered. Uh, Richardo also suffered. He didn't leave Red Bull in good terms. We all know that he went back home. Bra bra bra. Now it's a party. Stupid. But anyway, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. we know why he left Red Bull in the first place. We know because Honor couldn't handle um, the two characters who wanted to win the championship. Both of them. We've seen this before. So yeah, I'm actually just happy that the current of Formula One. We'll actually have something to do except just being a wanker in the media and talking all the crap all the time. So at least now you'll have something to do. You'll have to manage some some drivers, which is something that he hasn't been doing for a long time. So I'm happy he's going to get the challenge. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you on that one. And I think we've we've given a lot of hate on this episode. <laughs> We've hated on Leclerc, we've hated on Ferrari, we've hated on Hamilton, Mercedes, Max Verstappen, Red Bull, Christian Horner, absolutely everyone, right? Apart from Alonso, because you can't hate Fernando Alonso. So I, I think just before we, we end off, because we are running out of time as well, looking ahead to Australia, I know... We didn't discuss this off-air, so we're going to do it right now while everyone is listening. I'm thinking we do a whole separate show on predictions, which we haven't done for Australia next week. Um, We can obviously, between us, discuss logistics and so on. But I'm thinking it, it would be interesting to give the listeners a prediction show. Um, that's something I've actually gotten some feedback on as well. What do you, What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think I think that's a, that's actually a fantastic idea because we talk a lot. <laughs> Sometimes we run out of time. I think having two sessions a, a week or ahead of the weekend hour, maybe after between going into the into the race and after the race, I think something the listeners will also enjoy. But after the race will be a post race podcast and and discussions and then we'll also have a pre-race so basically a post and pre pre or po- and post together i think that's a great idea i think we should do that for our listeners they will appreciate that we can go into 100%. detail on why we think about about why we think that the results will go into that uh, direction that of our predictions and we can go a little bit more into detail so i agree with you can I tell you why I, I thought about this and why I think it's a brilliant idea? Because I want to hear your predictions for the race. So after the race, when we all figure out how wrong you are, I can call you out live on your <laughs> predictions. Because right now you're oh. getting away with murder. So you, have, you, just you, have say, you, just say, you just say whatever you want and then there's no consequence for it. Come come the next the next podcast. So I want consequences for your actions because you speak I think so far on, on all of the drivers that I love and then you never get held accountable. So it's time to no, hold no, you no, accountable. Wait, wait, wait. So, so far, I mean, my prediction has haven't been 
very much of eh let's not talk about so far we're here now yeah but i'm just saying so, so far, far so, so i don't far know nothing to do with who will be held accountable here i think um you're talking about me holding you accountable for your crap predictions <laughs> Listen, you and charisma. I whenever whenever I do predictions, I'm always objective. I don't have you any favorites. Objective. I don't either. I don't hate I don't hate on anyone. If I think Max is gonna win, I say Max is gonna win. But with you, you always predict with your heart, and that's the problem. So I'm gonna hold you accountable moving forward, and I'm gonna hold charisma right. accountable as well. In our prediction show, I want proper formalized predictions and in the post race we are discussing what everyone predicted and we are laughing at you at your own predictions. I think That's I what think you just know that the entire season I probably never going to predict a Max Verstappen win. <laughs> this is why you doing this. <laughs> no, That's exactly I'll, I'll give you Miss Pros. I'll give you Miss Pros when 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 I have to. So if the I, I will be objective Look, we, we all know that's a lie. But anyway, looking ahead to Australia, I think just in closing on, on Saudi, on Jeddah, um, to be honest, I was really disappointed in the race itself. As you all know, it's my favorite track of the season, uh, maybe apart from Brazil, but it is my favorite street track of the season, that's for sure. And I was definitely let down by the race. But looking ahead to Australia, I think... It's normally a boring race in Australia, but the plus side is that the race is early in the morning, so the rest of the day can make up for it. So looking ahead to Australia, I'm really excited, but we'll get into our predictions come the end. Final thoughts from your side, Tom, before we end off. Look, I think looking forward to the Australian Grand Prix to see uh, exactly what these other teams can deliver, and maybe we'll see a little bit more improvement. I think also Mercedes kind of like promised us that there's something coming. Uh, we'll also see if they can give us a little bit of an excitement. Um, and hopefully the Ferrari one lap pace can transform to a race pace where we can see a little bit of competitiveness and see more cars closer to the, at least to the, um, the Austin Martins. And let's hope also uh, up top, uh, Paris can keep the head down and actually I think it's very important. It will be very absolutely pivotal for him uh, to to get pole if he really wants to challenge. So he mm. cannot allow Max uh, to continue to get the poles ahead of him because I think that is one advantage that Max has been um, showing. He's always been starting ahead and getting the pole and it's easier for the Red Bull team and management team and the hierarchy to make a decision from there that they must hold position. Uh, but just not when Paris is ahead, then they will say you can race, you know. But uh, if he really wants to, be, yeah, if he really wants to be in this, he needs to, uh, from quality, you know, make sure that he puts his head down, and it it will be worth it for to watch for every Formula One fan. You don't watch um, races just to see one car stroll to victory. We actually don't want to see people 
we're not also watching just the Formula One for people just fighting for third position and fourth position. The reason we watch the race. So just, 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 you, just before, just before you you continue, just before we, we we end off, I just want you to say, remember what I said in the beginning. I want you to say it because you have to show respect to Paris. El Campeón Mundial, King of the Streets, Mexican Mafia, and then we end off. <laughs> yeah, look, absolutely, El Mexis, El Mexicano. Boys of the Tequilas. What is, what is El Mexicano? El Mexicano. Says something Spanish. I don't know. The Mexican. Whatever. I can't speak Spanish. I help myself. But anything that sounds Spanish is good enough for me. So, yes. Uh, well done to the Mexican. Well done to the Tequila boys. You know. Uh, it's absolutely mature drive. Standing drive. Composed. Very... Um, fast from the way to go, determined to win, get the win, get it over the line, matched Max. He was actually also even getting the fastest lap until Red Bull basically decided who should get the fastest lap. And they knew there's only one driver who was never going to blind their rules. I think everybody so send us off with a nice goodbye. Yeah. Look, man. All the best to Paris. Well done. On the last race, you give us more of that. You're capable of it. You're absolutely gonna give us a race, maybe Australia. But yeah, looking forward to Australian. They change one, I think, to one corner there, right? Mm. And let's see what it actually brings us. I'm also excited to see if it makes any difference to what has always been boring. But yeah. Wish everybody all the best. Hopefully, Mercedes bringing a little bit of more upgrades to be competitive. Let Ferrari be a little bit more faster in the race, and let Perez and Verstappen give us the show. It's supposed to give us a nice, a nice end of the tour. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the final race, the final lap, and that is Lewis Hamilton on his the eighth championship, and the winner is the 2023 World Champion. Lewis Hamilton!